When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Hi, I'm Jen Hauregal. Welcome to the Sportsman of the Year, a suburban philosophy. Just a warning before we get started, some of the language can get a bit tough at times. I am from West Auckland, after all. And we also talk about some stuff you might find upsetting, and some stuff you will hopefully find funny. So take care of yourselves, okay? One morning, just before the launch of my All Grown Up album, I was burgled. They smashed down the front door and just walked into my home and started rummaging through stuff. There wasn't much going on at my place that was worth a lot. For example, the TV was so old, I would have paid someone to take it away. No, that wasn't taken. And apart from one small video camera, which did have photos of my younger son starting kindergarten and some children's gaming consoles, there wasn't a lot to take. My room was ransacked and things were scattered around the place, but once again I didn't have much and there wasn't a lot to steal except for some important looking and potentially valuable sealed envelopes. I had just been through a phase of writing lists or notes about what I wanted, positive visualisations and affirmations. I would write them down on random paper and put these bits and pieces in envelopes and seal them up. I guess the intention was to look at them again one day and see how far I'd come. I wrote things like, All is well in your world, Jan. Just relax and go with the flow. Expect the best and you will get it. Believe it is happening and it's happening. I love and approve of myself. All is well in my world. Prosperity abounds. You get the picture? These envelopes were stashed everywhere in my room and they were all stolen. I guess the perps thought they were full of money because I can't imagine why else they would have been taken. It always makes me laugh thinking about what would have been going through their minds when they started ripping them open and checking inside. The other thing that cracks me up is when I remember describing to the police what had been taken. Ah, yes, officer, that is correct. They were envelopes filled with positive self-affirming notes on paper. How many? Oh, about 30-odd. You want me to tell you what I wrote on them? Hmm. Well, if you really want... In my early 20s, when I was moping around with a very bleak view of the world, my dad would say to me, play some happy music, Jan, that'll cheer you up. Of course I never did, as I had a penchant for heavy indie music with dark themes, but I should have. I agree now, a happy tune can go a long way towards brightening your day and making you feel better. I wrote the song So Happy with my long-time music-producing partner Wayne Bell a few years ago. It wasn't necessarily going on this album when we started recording, but I am glad it did, as I am very proud of the way it turned out. I've always considered it quite difficult to write lyrics for a happy song without coming across twee and insipid, so I thought long and hard about the words and changed them quite a few times before settling on these. 
Like all songs, I feel the need to have lived in the line somehow, whether as a subject or an onlooker, but no matter what it is, it has to be believable. Unless it is coming from a place of authenticity, then it doesn't work well for me. The only way I could get to that place was to go and find out how to get my happy on, which leads me to the question, what is happy? I guess for me, it's doing what I love to do every day and being grateful for everything and everyone I have in my life. On the way to finding this feeling, I realised that no matter what happened to me, even if I thought it was a terrible flop, things have always been conspiring for me and I wouldn't change a thing or the way things have come about at all. Bottom line is it's okay to feel good about where you are and what you are doing and it's also okay to feel happy and feel like dancing around the room. Everything started off reasonably well for me in my formative years, except I believe I was missing two vital ingredients, self-belief and clear goals. I spent a lot of my youth not knowing what I really wanted to do. Even when I thought I would like to give something a try, there was always a voice at the back of my head saying, no, you can't, you're not good enough. At school, I loved music, art history, fine arts, drama and English, and I wanted a creative career of some kind. But the system seemed to be saying, the arts aren't a real job, they're just a hobby, so keep it that way. I know subconsciously I bought into that at the time, and I felt somehow a job in music wasn't as worthy as other work. But now I believe music is inextricably linked with the human psyche, and we need it in our lives as much as we need anything else. Are you looking at the stars tonight? When I was a full-time musician trying to make it, I don't even think I truly believed that I was going to be successful. What I mean by that is making a living from what I did. So whatever breaks I did get, I ultimately sabotaged with a no, you can't do that attitude. When I was heading towards a gig, even if it was a full house, I would say to my agent, Louise Hunter, no one likes my music anyway. I don't even know why I do this. I think my songs suck. To be honest, I would like to slap that me and that memory in the face and say, people paid good money to see you perform, so you can get up on stage and give them everything you've got, no matter how many people are in the audience. If I had a more positive can-do attitude back then, would I be a lot further down the track today? For example, would I be working on my 10th album of material, not my 5th? But then I keep wrestling with the idea that maybe the reason I lacked confidence in my ability was that I had to go and learn how to embrace my career and be proud of what I did so that I didn't remain down and depressed about who I was, stay stuck and just give up forever. When I had two young children under the age of five at home, I decided the best thing to do would be to give my music career away and settle down to a life I hadn't wanted to sign up to. I've often considered this time as a not-so-great period in my life, But now when I think about how much time I actually got to spend with my children while I was a full-time mum, then actually I was pretty lucky. If I could go back and choose whether I wanted to be touring incessantly or be with my children, then I think in my heart of hearts, being with my kids was more important. Because it turns out my career waited for me after all, 
I didn't have to worry. So when did the turnaround happen? When did the self-deprecating talk stop and the self-doubt start to disappear? I can't say it happened overnight, although I wish I could. It actually took quite a few years. But there was one definite action I took, and even though it wasn't exactly worthy of sounding the trumpets or asking the cherubim to sing, it did set me on a path that would end up changing the way I thought about life forever. Instead of waiting passively for things to happen, I started to shape the way my world looked. After recording the All Grown Up album, I was sitting in my office looking for photos for the cover artwork, and I came across something I'd written a few years previously. This was a list of things I wanted to achieve in my career. I read it and thought, wow, I actually did all this. What you do know, you made I've made it true. Oh, I miss you still, I guess I always will. How this list came about was that on a typical, standard day, life threw me a talisman that couldn't be ignored. Mum helped me with my children some days, and she'd left a women's magazine at my house, which I flicked through while waiting for the dinner to cook. I came across an article by a life coach called Jackie Thomas, which caught my attention. I can't remember the article word for word, but there were a few sentences which went something along the lines of... If you could do anything, regardless of your age, sex, education, financial situation, or where you are now, what would you be doing? And, who do you know that is successful or that you admire? Write a list, and if you feel comfortable about it, start contacting them, or start reading about them and study how they got to where they are. So on consideration, this is what I came up with. I wanted to, one, be the sales and marketing manager of an exciting New Zealand business. Two, have the ability to make and record another album. Three, be a businesswoman and manager of a company. And then I wrote a list of names. Of course, I never believed for a moment I could ever achieve these goals, and I put that list in a drawer. These dreams were as far away from me as the moon and the stars, and staring down the barrel of the end of my fourth decade, a career change as well as a new recording seemed like impossible imaginings. However, and this is the clincher, once I had written down what I wanted to do, it became a concrete plan, and from that moment, no matter what decisions I made, something seemed to nudge me in the right direction. Even if I thought I was miles away from where I wanted to be, or that I was too old to get there, in hindsight, I was always on the right path. It was definitely no straight line, but I did achieve those three goals eventually. The first person on my list of names was Michael Larson from Icky Communications. He is a copywriter, and I had met him through a mutual friend, and I wanted to know more about what he did. Writing has never been second nature to me, and I've always held people who are good with words and a pen in high esteem. Michael offered me some part-time hours working on his accounts and taught me a bit about writing. That job made me feel like I was on my way, and I appreciated it very much. Michael Redwood was the second person on my list because he was then an account director at a local advertising agency and he had a great reputation. We had met at a barbecue at Wayne Bell's place and I felt he was someone I could approach. I called Michael and asked how I could get into the advertising industry. He said it would be difficult as I was coming in at such a late stage of my career. Bless him, he never said too old. But the best thing to do would be to try a boutique agency that might appreciate my connections and networking skills. 
These two people were on the top of my list and were the only calls I made because immediately after, things started happening. Christine Furniho called me and asked if I would help out at the Gifted Kids program for a few weeks while they went through some restructuring. I had been working there around the time when my first child was born but decided to take time off to be a full-time mum when the second arrived. It was a short-term contract and I said yes because even though the job wasn't on my wish list, I did like working there and I accepted the opportunity. I was starting to look at everything now as raw potential and whenever an offer came my way, I decided to jump at it. I also stopped using the words I can't and another thing I stopped saying to myself was I am too old. Some months later, Simon Hakaraya, who is also on my original list, asked me if I wanted to come and work for his agency, Dot Inc. I was there for about 12 months and learned loads and it set me up nicely for a later sales and marketing role. Eventually, I became the sales and marketing manager at Juice TV, a music channel, thanks to Dan Wrightson, so I ticked off another goal. Next, I found a way to make my third album all grown up, and soon after that, I became the general manager for Native Tongue Music Publishing New Zealand. So yeah, I knocked those bastards off. understand how attainable the seemingly unattainable really is, I have set myself some very big, hairy, audacious goals for the coming years. I will let you know what they are when I've reached them, although one of them is what I am doing now in writing this album with a book and podcast. And my other goals are written down and put away somewhere. In envelopes. This episode of Sportsman of the Year was written and performed by me, Jan Halregal. Justin Gregory was the producer and the engineer was Jana Witter. Tim Watkin is the executive producer. You can get the book Sportsman of the Year, A Suburban Philosophy, which comes with a high-resolution download, or you can get the CD too, at my website, janhalregal.com, or at record stores and bookshops who are stocking Sportsman of the Year. Ask them for it. You can subscribe to Sportsman of the Year at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public and, of course, rnz.co.nz forward slash series. Please give us a rating. More people find out about us that way. Thanks for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 